And a very good day. This is Pastor Mark Whelan with Touch of God. And welcome along to this week's program. I'm here with my lovely wife, Catrice. And we're going to continue to help you understand this week your identity in Christ. Amen. Go ahead, Catrice. Amen. Amen. So today's topic is going to be called, Are You a Fan or Are You a Follower of Jesus Christ? When I was thinking about this week and as I was praying, uh, the Lord put on my heart to go ahead and speak on a topic that is very familiar in the body of Christ, but there's there's an urgency to go ahead and to go back and to repeat the things that we think we know, the things that we think we're so ahead of, and to go and to marinate and to chew on these things. And so I'm just going to uh, give you a different perspective. When I was younger, I couldn't figure out what was going on in my life. I had gone to university and yet could not find a job. I was still walking on the streets just to get from one place to another. I was not happy or at peace. I had no direction. I felt like I was a good person. I was helpful. I found myself always working hard, but I just seemed to be always in the wrong situations, hanging around the wrong people. I wasn't really growing in anything or going in any direction. I had lacked direction. And the worst part about this was I was labeled a Christian. I had called myself a Christian. And this was bad for me. And so today's program, I really want you to search yourself. This is not about looking at anyone else or pointing the finger. This is about us turning inward to look at ourselves. I grew up in a Christian home. We were labeled Christians. We had believed in the Lord. I believed in Jesus Christ. I read the Bible, but something was still missing. When I became 18, I realized something was seriously missing, and I took a course. And when I was taking that course, they asked us to write uh, an essay about why we believe what we believe. And when I began to search about what I believe and why I believe it, I realized that everything that I believed or everything that I thought that I believed was from my parents. I personally never made a connection with anything. I just went along Uh, Because this is what I was told. I was labeled a Christian. I fully believed that I was a Christian, yet I had done no research as to what a Christian was. And at 18, I begin to have problems and I begin to think, what is God for? So I begin to think about it in a way when I begin to write this paper. And one of the biggest things that I was realizing was my parents had made a decision to become believers and they lived a lifestyle of believers. I never was asked to make that decision. I was born into a family that had already made that decision. And so I thought that this was normal. And as I began to examine myself, I realized that I had no idea what it meant to be a Christian. It was a label that I had used kind of like putting on a t-shirt that says Christian. There was nothing on the inside. I really didn't have a full understanding. Yes, I had read the Bible. Yes, uh, I, I knew stories in the Bible. Yes, I could regurgitate stories in the Bible and tell you exactly what happened. But these stories I hadn't applied to my life. I couldn't really 
go into a place and give a lecture on being a, a, a Christian, not to any degree. And I really didn't know how to use God in my life. And so at that point, it was just good stories. And so things begin to slowly unravel. And I begin to look at a lot of things. And one of the biggest things that came up, I knew someone and they used to always say to me, are you a fan or a follower of Jesus Christ? And I was thinking, oh, how odd. But it really, for me, that began to put a lot of things in in perspective. All right. So all of us, we have to keep in mind, we all have different entrance points. But this is to get you to think about your entrance point into the kingdom. How did you come to know Jesus Christ Uh, Was it something that was just put upon you and you just went along with it? Because this is an awkward position. I'm not saying that I was not a believer. I'm saying that I believed I was a full-fledged believer. I called myself Christian. I had gone to church. I would go and say two Hail Marys and a hallelujah, walk out of church, and I would continue on, and life had not changed. It wasn't any different And so I'm telling you that a huge pause happened in my life. And I had to ask myself, what did it mean to be a Christian? So when I was looking at, are you a fan or are you a follower? I began to dissect that. And to be a fan, the definition of it is an enthusiast, devotee, usually a spectator, an ardent admirer or an enthusiast as of a celebrity or pursuing a a celebrity of some sort. So part of the definition of fan was spectator. And so I went to look up spectator. And I want you to keep in mind that all of these definitions that I'm going to give you, they all function as a noun in the sentence. And a noun is a person, place, or a thing. So as far as spectator, a spectator is a person who watches at a show, a game, or an event. Around 15,000 spectators came to watch the thrills and spills, right? So this is the part of the definition. And then I just begin to think, wow, when I think about that, that sentence, are you a fan? Are you a follower? I was more of a fan because I hadn't participated in any of the verbs of being a believer, of being a Christian. I was uncertain of the things that I actually had to do. There was responsibility attached to being a Christian, and I had no idea of the full responsibility that it was. I had watched all the movies. I had read, you know, some of the books. I even had read the Bible, but I was not an admit reader of the Bible, And so I'm putting emphasis on these things because I want you to all take a pause. And if this sounds like you, I want you to search yourself because it's very important at this point to begin to search yourself for what we are doing. So at this time, I established myself as a fan. And so I begin to think, wow, if I'm a spectator and I'm on the outside, I'm watching an event. What is the opposite of a spectator? So the opposite of a spectator Um, is a participant. And at this point, I desired to be a participant. So I asked myself the question again, was I a fan or was I a follower? And if I wanted to be a follower, what is a follower? Well, 
when we're looking for something, when I have a computer that needs to be fixed, I return back to the person who created the computer. If my car breaks down, I, I go back to the manufacturer who made the car. So if I'm trying to find out about what I'm supposed to be, I need to go back to my creator who is God. And so going back and trying to understand God, I would have to go back to the Bible. And so as I began to search the Bible, I looked at Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And everything that I'm reading for today is coming from the Amplified Bible Classic Edition. So just so you all know. So Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And this is Jesus speaking. And he said to all, if any person wills to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So from just reading this, I needed to make a decision to follow first to just decide to follow Jesus Christ. And if I decided to follow him, then there was an action attached. I needed to come after him and then I needed to deny myself. So if I'm following someone and I'm believing in someone, I need to deny everything that I'm believing in to put down those things because those things needed to be replaced with what Jesus was doing because I was now believing in him and following him. And this is just a decision to be made. And then it says, take up your cross, his cross daily and follow me. And so I look at that sentence and I look and Jesus made it personal. He didn't say, and they should take up the cross. He said, and take up his cross daily. So that's specifically speaking to you saying that you need to take up your cross daily and there's a verb attached to it that you can't just pick up your cross daily, but you have to follow him. And then I begin to look at John chapter 15, verse one to eight. And Jesus is again speaking here because I was searching for more of the definition of what does it mean to follow Christ? And so in John 15, verses one to eight, it says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, he cuts away and he cleanses and he repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. So if I was to be a believer and I'm following Jesus Christ, I first of all, I need to remain in him. That's what it's telling me. And when I remain in him, something happens. So this means I can't just be a believer for one day. I can't go up to the altar and say, oh, I believe and then go back to my life. This is a way of life. This is a lifestyle. There's a commitment. There's an action actually attached to your believing. We see in the last chapters, Luke chapter nine, verse 23. When I discuss that, I'm picking up my cross daily. So that means this is a commitment every day daily and then it also says when I'm remaining in him as a branch he's cleansing me repeatedly so then that means the action of remaining also has an action attached to it where every single day I'm being cleansed repeatedly and it says that he's going to make me grow it says to make it bear fruit much more and richer and more excellent fruit so God has a plan and he's moving me towards direction. I don't even have to do anything when I remain in him except remain in him. And he's going to guide me towards the direction that I just need to go. 
And so it says, you are cleansed and you are pruned already because of the word which I have given you. So when I remain in him and I'm reading the word, because it says it's the word, the word which I have given you makes you cleansed and pruned. So then I, I'm remaining in him and I have to read the word and continually to follow him, to pick up my cross daily and to deny myself. And that's what's going to make me to grow. So previously, I was not repeatedly picking up the Bible and being cleansed and being pruned. I was not doing any of those things. I just simply took the label and I thought I'm a believer. This is this. I just walk around and I just say I'm a believer. But that wasn't the full definition of what I needed to know. And because of that, I do believe that my life had suffered growth because had I been in Christ, he would have been pruning me daily and he would have been showing me the different things through the word as I remained in him. And so we're going to look at verse four in chapter, in John chapter 15, verse four, we're going to look at, and it says, dwell in me. So first he says, remain in me. And now he's saying, dwell in me. So when I think about dwelling in someone, that's like you dwell in your home, right? It's not a one-time thing, but it's a continuous way of life. I'm dwelling in something. So when I begin to dwell in him, it says, dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. So he's saying, remain in me. And now he's saying, dwell in me. And in the next verse, he's telling us, and this is verse five, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever lives in me, I in him bears fruit. However, apart from me, you can do nothing. So right now, if your life is apart from Jesus Christ, according to the Bible, if you've committed yourself to Christ and you're not remaining in him, which we've discovered in the previous verses, that remaining in him is is making a commitment, is following Jesus, is uh, dying to ourselves daily, denying ourselves daily and picking up the word so that we can be purified and cleansed and pruned so we can bear much fruit. So if we're not remaining and we're looking around and we're wondering, I don't feel like that I'm growing. This could be one of the reasons why. And this is why I'm urging everyone to just begin to just search yourself. And for those of you who are advanced in the kingdom, this is not for you. I'm talking to the people who they 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 are like me. And I just had on a t-shirt that just said Christian, but there was nothing, there was nothing but a label. I was just, I was putting on something, but it had no definition beyond the words on my t-shirt but I want you to know that there's hope for you today and you can search the gospel for yourself that's why I'm putting this word here so that you can search the gospel for yourself and I would even say even for the those that that have known the Lord for some time I think they even would agree that it's very important to check themselves daily as well because you know distractions can come in very very uh, slowly and uh, without notice almost and all of a sudden we have drifted from the Lord and drifted from being able to uh, be a follower and be more of a spectator and it's very subtle the enemy can distract us in very small ways so amen we should all check ourselves every day amen amen and so in the next verse 
John 15, 5, it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much fruit. However, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so now we see here that he's saying we are to live in him. So we've gone from remaining to dwelling, to abiding, to living in Christ. So we know that it's a lifestyle and it's a lifestyle of everything that he set forth. So if you're looking as far as what is it that you're missing, you can go ahead and look at Luke chapter nine, verse 23 and John 15 verses one to eight. And I'm just going to continue down the last uh, three verses of this chapter. So verse number six, if a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and they are burned. Verse number seven, if you live in me and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. So as I read this verse, it also just reminds me of Revelations 3, where it says that God will open up doors that no man can open and close doors that no man can close when you don't deny him and deny his word. And this is along the same thing that he's talking about, don't deny him. It says, if you live in me and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, it shall be done for you. When you bear much fruit, my father is honored and glorified and you show prove yourselves to be true followers of mine. And so if you're wanting to be a true follower of Christ, you can just simply follow these verses and this will help you. This will serve as a guideline because this is what helped me and served as a guideline for me as I was only living by a label that I had come to know just through what I was told that I was growing up, but I needed to make a commitment myself. I couldn't ride on the coasters of what my mom believed, and I couldn't ride on the coasters of what my friends who were Christians believe, and I most certainly couldn't dwell off of what the pastor was telling me. I needed to step out and make a commitment because when I looked around, my parents were bearing much fruit, and my friends were bearing much fruit, and the pastor who was teaching me, they were bearing much fruit, but I didn't realize that it had to be a lifestyle, that I had to remain, that this was a daily process, that I I needed to be cleansed and pruned by the word. All of these things are important if we're wanting to be more than a fan, but a follower. Are we a participant looking at what everybody else is doing, wishing and wanting to be a part of the game? Well, we can be a part of the game. We don't have to be a spectator and watch followers of Jesus Christ or be admirers of what Jesus did. So this brings me to the next setting and the next verses that I would like to go over with you. And I and it might sound like I'm doing it backwards, but this fits the way my life at the age of 18 was beginning to unravel and I began to search for Jesus Christ. And Christianity didn't fall on me, but I had to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ. There was things that I needed to do. And I know that I'm bringing this up because I encounter a lot of people that I will hear them say, 
you know, I don't see God doing anything for me. I don't see anything happening and what's happening in my life. And I don't feel like I'm growing and I need directions. This might be an answer for you. If you feel stuck on the side of the road, if you've done everything that you know to do, then this is something that you can search and you can say, I've done these things. I know the Lord. I'm remaining in him. And I want you to know that the next verses that we're going to go and the next chapter that we're going to read, we're going to also read John chapter 14 verses one to six. And I'm having a discussion on this because this is, this is very, it's very important. And so this, the setting for this is the Passover feast began and Jesus knew was fully aware that the time had come for him to leave this world. So Jesus is just speaking to his disciples. And I'll just try to go through these verses really quick so then we can have some prayer time. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe and adhere to and trust and rely on God. Believe and adhere to and trust and rely also on me. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I am going away to prepare a place for you. And when I go to make ready a place for you, I will come back again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And where I am going, you know the way. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. So how can we know the way? So this is an answer for you. How can we know the way to, to follow Jesus Christ if he's, if he's doing something for us? How do we know the way? And Jesus says to, to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would also have known my Father. From now on, you know him and you have seen him. So if you're looking for God, if you're wanting to become a Christian, if you're wanting to know God and you're wanting to know Jesus, if you know the son, you've known the father. And that's the most important that you need to know. So yes, the clergy and the church are very important. And yes, teachers and evangelists are very important and prophets are very important. But the most important person that you need to know is God. You need to have a relationship with God today right now. If you're not having a relationship with God, if you're talking through your pastor trying to find God, if you're going to prophets and you're asking prophets, give me a word, tell me what's going to happen in the future. This is this is not the plan that God has for you. God remove the veil so that you can have direct contact with him. You are to be speaking to God yourself not going through a secondhand person. Now, when you start off, you can go through a pastor, you can go through other people, but those, they're training wheels to raise us up in the way that we must go. But we cannot go through our entire journey and and completely depend on these people. The idea is, is so that we would have a walk with God and so that we would have a relationship with God. And so this is a point where you need to check yourself because I had to check myself to make sure, am I I having a relationship with God or am I going to church and expecting it to be an ATM? Am I expecting prophets to give me some magical word that's going to change my life? Am I going to pastors and having them pray for me when I should be praying for myself and seeking the answer from God, right? 
Those who wait on the Lord, he shall renew their strength. There's a work that we have to do. We personally have to do. We cannot allow someone else or think that someone else is going to pay the ticket for us to get into heaven. That's not how it works. Your mother can't get you saved. Your friends can't get you saved. The prophets can't get you saved. Pastors can't get you saved. But you have to make a decision today, right now, to follow Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So right now, I just want you to continue to try to examine yourself. I'm going to go ahead and pray right now. God, I just thank you, God, that... Everyone who hearing this message, God, they have ears to hear. They have eyes to see, God. We just bind up the works of the enemy from standing in the way of the revelation and the discernment that they will have during this program, God. I just thank you, God, that you are opening up their eyes of understanding, Lord. I thank you, God, that you are having them prosper as their souls prosper, Lord. I just thank you, God, that you are touching them right now in the name of Jesus Christ, that they would have breakthrough, that strongholds would come down. God, that their will would turn to you, that they would have a desire to learn more and to not say to themselves, I know all that there is to know about entering into the kingdom of heaven and there's nothing that I'm missing. I thank you, God, that you would allow them to know that we are never done learning about the kingdom of heaven and we must humble ourselves and pray for such a time as this. I just thank you, God, for moving forward, for touching each and every person in their home, God. And I speak breakthrough and I speak life to their minds right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that you are pouring on them grace, grace to have questions, grace to pursue forward, grace to want to question themselves in their own homes. Are they remaining in Christ? Are they abiding in him? Are they dwelling in him? Are they living in Christ? Have they picked up their cross daily to follow him? These are questions that only you can ask yourself and be truthful with yourself because only the truth can set you free in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. That was excellent. And I think we need to uh, continue this because this is a very important topic. And what does it mean to abide? What does it mean to follow? And I think you started to touch on this today, Catrice, and I think we should continue this because I think people just want to really understand so they know they're doing this the right way. Two great commandments that Jesus told us, amen, to love the Lord thy God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. So, if, if nothing else from today, if you could just con- begin to love the Lord thy God with everything in you, amen, and love other people, and we will start to help you understand what it means to abide and to follow, amen. We really love you. We love you with the love of Christ. It's been so great to speak to you today like this, and we bless you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Catrice, for the message today. And we will follow this up again. Prayer requests at touchofgodradio at gmail.com. Or you can call us at country code 1-407-705-3151. And until next week, you have a blessed week. Amen.